Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, well, after 260 episodes, I think, this is a CookieCast first. So this is the first episode of CookieCast where Cookie isn't on it. Yeah. As you've probably guessed by the title, this is uh, Leanne's show now. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be uh, all sorts of fun stuff involved in this one. And, uh, yeah, you should uh, jump over to YouTube if you're not watching us on YouTube. I say us. It's not us, is it? Um, And uh, check Leanne out over there. Because, you know, we've got a YouTube channel. So, yeah, here we go. This is CookieCast Presents Up Leanty. Good evening people, um, I'm Leanne, I'm your host, I am uh, doing another episode of Upliante on the CookieCast um, podcast, on the host site. Um, it's been two weeks since I lasted my podcast, um, this evening I am on my own, I've not got anybody to sit with me and talk to or bounce off, so it's the first time I've tried doing this, so bear with me please. Um, a lot has happened. I guess in that space of two weeks, not particularly for me to update on my podcast, but just generally speaking from the um, from the virus aspect, we are week one into the UK lockdown. Um, been exactly a week actually. Um, that's given a slightly different perspective on life. Um, been a little bit cooped up. We have the opportunity to go out and exercise once a day. Um, I have tried to take advantage of that where possible, um, although it took me a few days um, to start taking that advantage. I was alright for the first few days. Um, the first day of the lockdown, we had to go out and take the baby to the doctors, um, so it felt and it was kind of a normal day being able to leave the house as we needed to. Um, doctors obviously being quite stringent, so the three of us, we all went, but only myself and the baby were able to go inside. Um, it was very... Um, had to wait for the door to be unlocked by the nurse and then step back, let the nurse retreat and then come through the door and then go into the waiting area. Um, where there wasn't already somebody in there, so we were in sat in opposite corners. Um, it was all very strange. Anyway, that was a, an opportunity to get out of the house. Um, probably didn't leave the house for a couple of days after that, um, but went out for a walk with the baby after a couple of days. Just walked around the block. Um, might have been two or three days. Can't can't quite remember, but just seeing people out and about. There was quite a lot of people out walking, um, restricted to their twos or just family units out and it was quite nice just to see people around them be able to say hello to random people that you're passing. Um, I managed to go do some shopping on Saturday I just went on my own to do that and just sort of quick in and out um, again quite busy but there's restrictions on the number of people that can be in the supermarkets at any one time I didn't have an issue, I didn't have to queue because I went in the afternoon, I think people are focusing on going in the morning, um, they're the ones that are finding they have to queue, people I, I guess are worried that stock will run out um, so they want to be there early, pick up what they can. Um, I was able to get most of what we needed, um, <clears throat> pasta continues to be an issue, there was no toilet roll, um, not many cleaning products or hand wash eggs, couldn't get any eggs, um, but these are all things that we can sort of live without at the moment, we do have um, supplies of them. Um, and then I've been for a walk with the baby again today. I am reduced to one full day's work a week and then trying to work on evenings 
um, to catch up where I can and keep on top of my workload. It's it's not possible to look after a, a baby and try to fit working around it. Um, so we've had to work between the pair of us and find a way that works best so that we can deliver our work roles. Um, so as that stands is one full working day for me and then evenings as and when I can. Work very understanding on that respect um, as you kind of expect. Everyone's in the same position so that's that's all fine. Um, so that's that's the last week. Um, I've also taken the opportunity of my daily exercise allowance to start my running. So going into the running update we've been, as I say, it's been two weeks since the last podcast um, recording and I have been out running three times. Now I I understand that over a three, two week period that's not very many times to have been running but um, I only <laughs> as when I was a child sort of in the summer holidays with all best intentions of doing your homework in the first week or so so that it was done and out the way but inevitably you end up doing it on the last weekend before you do to return to school um, I did not go running for 10 days or so since the last recording um, and first went out on Saturday morning I knew that the podcast this recording was coming around so I was thinking I must not let my listeners down um, as I said I wanted this to hold me accountable and so it did and it twisted my arm into actually getting out there I thought I can't do my second podcast and say I still haven't been running um, so Saturday morning I was up and out early early-ish nine o'clock eight o'clock or something um, and as discussed last time my approach was just to run for as long as I could and then walk or run um, intermittently thereafter and back home. So I set off, I did um, a two and a half minute walk which basically takes me down the end of our street onto the next road and up to the main road. It, um, I, w I would just walk up into the main road. Um, it did take me three minutes when I was running a couple of months back but now I can make that walk in two and a half minutes and started running. Um, and managed to run for just five and a half minutes. It was wasn't cold particularly. In fact, the sun was out. It was quite warm, um, but it was windy. Um, so I was struggling with trying to catch my breath and the breathing aspect of running um, when you're getting back into it. Um, so managed to cover um, half a mile in my five and a half minutes. And then I think I walked for a minute and a half or so and then ran for a minute and a half and then I was basically back on the doorstep. So that covered um, a mile in total and took me 13 minutes bang on. Um, nothing great about that in terms of the distance or the time um, but just happy that I got back out there. Um, second day I went running was Sunday, so again I went in the morning, um, same approach, so my two and a half minute walk up to the main road and then I managed to run for six minutes, so just a 30 second increase but still better. It was incredibly cold and windy again, so I was struggling but as I say just glad to have done a little bit more than the previous day which is all all I want to do at the moment is improve on where I am currently and then just do, do that slow and steady um, then I'm happy. Um, I tried to vary my route so although I tend to walk up to the same main road sometimes I turn left at the top of there sometimes I turn right so that I'm not measuring myself on the distance that I know that I ran the previous day and I guess in some regard that does help and a few days or a week into it inevitably I run that same route again um, and I know 
how far I, I will have run to which point I stopped um, and I know that I want to try and run past that um, but by that point in time I will have already done a few runs and know that I can run for a longer duration or distance so it doesn't matter as much so I try to vary the route so I'm not always measuring myself on my last um, run or where I stopped at and I just literally run until I feel like I can't go anymore um, so yeah six minute run on Sunday um, again I think I walked for a minute and a half and then ran for a, a minute and a half or so can't remember exactly um, but by the time I got home the mile route had taken me 12 minutes um, which is good shaved a minute off probably less walking at some point um, and that little bit more running um, and then my third run was yesterday Monday um, I went out yesterday morning um, again it was cold and it was windy but I felt like I wasn't running into the wind as much this time um, and after I'd finished my initial warm-up walk the two and a half minutes I felt and I started running sorry um, I think I've been running for maybe a minute or two and some something just felt different um, something felt more comfortable and in my mind I knew that I needed to speed up a little bit um, now this is something that when I when I first started running and for a long time thereafter a few years I only ever ran with my mum um, so her pace was the only pace that I ever knew and I was quite comfortable with that when we both entered the York Marathon um, and we would be out training for that I started to notice that I would pull away from my mum a little bit and I'd end up jogging on the spot letting her catch up with me um, at various points and she always said then that I could run more comfortably at a faster speed than she could um, and I never really thought a lot of that I, I, I knew what she meant because I did pull away from her um, but she was the only person I ran with so I, I had no other means of testing it that never got put into practice um, well, well when we entered the York Marathon I think we got to the five mile mark and my mum needed a break um, and she wanted to walk for a little bit and I knew that in my mind I didn't and she knew that um, excuse me so she told me to run on at that point and we separated it was very emotional I think I mentioned before or maybe not um, the reason we entered it was um, it was the same year that my uncle Darren passed away from cancer um, and that was seven years ago now uh, the anniversary was just the other day on Friday in fact um, I lose my train of thought um, we separated at that point and although I tried to run um, the emotions and I was crying a lot on and off um, when I saw various family members saying that me and my mum would have to separate it was a big deal to be honest um, I didn't get very far or very much further running on my own at that point um, and the whole the whole route was hard work um, but anyway my point was that it wasn't until a couple of years later on yeah that we entered the Leeds half marathon together um, and my mum had ended up having to pull out I think it was only a couple of months prior to it taking place it's a May event I think um, and she'd had to pull out maybe around the March or something because she'd broken a foot or something had happened can't remember maybe it was a broken toe and she knew that she couldn't wear her trainers and get out training um, we had been training together up until that point but she had to pull out um, so it was that realisation that I was going to have to face this half marathon on my own um, and my mum saying that I would always be able to comfortably run faster on my own I don't think I'd really ever run distance on my own at that point I was thinking how am I going to manage um, sort of without my mum there to pace me um, 
But even though she wasn't in a position to train, she would come out on her bike while I was trying to run these distances on my own. Um, and I would listen to... I, mean, I could always cover shorter distances on my own sort of training. Um, but I started listening to audiobooks. And they... That's what I needed. A lot of people need music when they're running, but audiobooks were my answer. Um, it was something, music wasn't enough because the tempo in music sort of goes up and down and I felt that affected my running, I would end up trying to run faster and slower and it just threw me off pace, so um, audiobooks were what I needed um, and it provided me that sort of distraction to take my mind away just from the monotony of running of that one foot in front of the other um, and I entered I had to go to the Leeds Marathon on my own. My mum still came with me and sat and waited whilst I finished and then met me at the finish line, which was, again, emotional itself to know that I finished. But um, I did, it was whilst doing that training on my own and running in that race itself that I found that I had this other pace that I could do. Um, and it was, it made me feel more comfortable running. Um, and it's a bizarre sort of thing to think but you runners out there probably know um, that if you're not comfortable then the running is difficult um, simple enough but my first two runs on Saturday and Sunday my body just felt like it feels like a dead weight like all my effort has to go into picking my feet up and moving my body along with my feet it's I just know that I'm not back in that zone yet so it, it's hard um, it's a slog. Whereas yesterday's run, um, as I say, just something felt different. My body almost felt lighter, my legs sort of a bit lighter, and I just needed to pick up the pace, which I did. Um, and I felt like I was slipping back into my old running form almost, and not to the same speed extent and not to the comfort level. It was still hard going. But the running form that I used to take, which is just to relax and my arms would be hanging down by my sides. I'm not one of these people that keep their arms sort of really folded up and using your arms to power you along. I'm much more like just keep my arms hanging down the side, slight bend in them. Um, and it's almost more of a sort of relaxed approach. And that's what happened yesterday, um, which I've taken to be quite a good sign. Um, so I managed to run for... Was it six and... No, eight minutes. Eight minutes it was yesterday. Um, so a bit of a jump from a six and a half. Um, and this goes back to when I started you know, three or four weeks ago now and I went out for three or four runs in a week um, when I thought I was getting back into it then. And the first run I did in that session, I think I ran for eight minutes. Um, so going out this time, I've only got back to that point, but I do think it's been windier over this last week than it was when I'd originally started. Um, so that mile I managed to cover in, it was 11 minutes 20 by the time I got back. Um, no, that was by the time I'd covered a mile and I actually went on a longer route that um, was 1.4 miles by the end, so it took me longer to actually get home, but the mile point was at 11 minutes 20. Um, which I was pleased with and I managed to do a second short run for um, I think for three minutes or so so it's, it's not it's not huge steps forward and for any anybody out there that has tried to get back into running having previously been at a comfortable level where you could run long distance okay um, I mean this is just a far worlds apart from where I was before but I do feel like I'm making progress so today has been a rest day um, as I have been for a walk um, went out for a walk for nearly an hour or so and that's just around the block with the baby I don't know how far that is probably two miles um, from my old running days of covering that route um, but it's just good to get out there stretch the legs but have a rest day from running and then hopefully I should be able to go again in the morning. Now I won't be able to go every day um, for the rest of this week because again it's about juggling work with looking after the baby um, and since the clock change on Saturday night into Sunday baby has been waking up at 
the equivalent of a normal time so she usually wakes up at 7 seven fifteen, um which meant that when we were still having to go into the office I was able to get up at 6 which is my natural waking up time um <laughs> I'm not saying that would be my time that would be my time to go for a run that isn't whatever happened uh, that was just my time to get up and get showered and get dressed and feed the cats um, and whatever before the baby woke up um, now that the clocks have changed um, she is for some reason waking up at 6.15 um, I'm just trying to think if she's waking up at 6.15 that would actually be 5.15, so it's completely thrown her out. I don't know why she's waking up so early. Um, but it means that I don't have that. I don't wake up much before that to be able to get up and do anything. Um, so um, I don't have an opportunity to go on a morning before the day starts. And I haven't had much inclination to go on in the evening when I do have the free time although the evenings are much lighter now um, I think it's still light out there now um, so I would be able to go on an evening if I can just pull myself together to actually make that happen I much prefer, I was always a morning runner much prefer to just get out, get it done and then it's done and you just get on with your day I have a big thing around eating um, like I always end up eating and then thinking, oh, I should have gone for a run. Um, so I just prefer to know that I can get up and go. Haven't eaten, haven't got that to factor in, and I can just get on with get on with the rest of the day knowing it's done. Um, anyway, so that is the running update. I guess with the virus, we don't know whether the York 10 mile will actually go ahead in October. Um, but given that I'm a long way off being able to run 10 miles anyway, that doesn't affect me and what I'm doing right now and just getting back out there at some point I will I will be able to run that mile that I've been measuring over this week or measuring time wise I'll be able to run that non-stop and that'll be that'll be quite a big step forward um, so I guess what I've managed to cover um, this week uh, without stopping is um, 0.8 of a mile. Is that about right? If I did eight, and I did my two and a half minutes walk and my eight minutes running. Um, and ten and a half minutes and then a little bit of walking. So maybe I've done about 0.7 to three quarters of a mile without stopping. Which, actually, thinking about that, I'm quite pleased with that. Uh, so if I can get that to the mile, and I think once I get it to the mile, I should be able to increase those jumps a little bit more um, so I'll be able to get it to a mile and a half after that and then two miles but we're probably looking a few weeks ahead there um, I'll see how I get on right my list next um, next update is on games so um, as with my running I I didn't play any games for nearly 10 days we've seen putting Luigi's Mansion on as a bit of a chore um, I eventually did it, I think it was Friday evening um, and I played for quite a while and I got back into it I'm terrible when I haven't been playing a game I forget all the buttons and it takes me a little while to re-establish um, what I need to press to do what and when you're, when you're halfway through a game obviously you don't it doesn't remind you at any point of where you left it or what your latest mission or what you're doing is so I um, opened up Luigi's Mansion and I was I just come out of a, a room in a corridor and the corridor went in two directions and I wasn't sure if I'd come from that way or that way or which way to go so I spent a while sort of figuring out where I was and what I'd done um, managed to kill a boss that I'd um, I think I'd attempted, it wasn't even a boss actually, it was a, a mid-level ghost um, that I'd switched it off at last time. So managed to go back in, work out where I was and get this mid-level boss killed um, and then go on to finish that level. Now Luigi's Mansion, for anyone that doesn't know, um, obviously you're in, uh, it's a hotel actually rather than 
mansion and you are fighting ghosts that have stolen all your friends I think um, and these ghosts that you're fighting have stolen all the lift shaft buttons so when you go in the lift you can't go up to the other floors that you haven't got the buttons for and each time you fight a boss essentially you get uh, another floor button back and then you can go to that floor and clear it of ghosts and fight another boss. My problem with Luigi's Mansion um, is that I'm finding it too repetitive and there's no I don't have any drive to want to put it on to play and get to the next level. Um, it's I think just fighting fighting ghost after ghost it's just it's just not for me each one is different and you have to do different things but essentially um, I'm just gonna have to pause this I don't know I think a power power on the laptop has just popped up hold on up it looked like it was um, a power cable that it was suggesting wasn't in um, but we'll carry on hopefully um, so yes the repetition on the ghosts it's not it's not working for me they are they have different as you would expect with different boss they have different ways that you have to kill them um, essentially what you're trying to do is suck each ghost up in your hoover thing um, that it carries around, it's got a proper name, I can't think what that is right now. Um, and there's a lot of all the ghosts that you find along the way, you have to suck them up. And to do that, you usually have to stun them and then start sucking their tail and essentially um, and dragging away from them. And then after so long, you're able to press a button that throws them, you sort of like beating them onto the floor on opposite sides. Um, then they'll break free from that and then you you have to stun them again and start sucking them up and it just gets it's just a little bit draining um, so as I say I've got no drive to keep playing um, and then once you've you'll get a button back for the lift and then you have to um, go to that floor to check it out but usually you've got this little Dr. Gad mate um, he's based down in the basement so usually in between each level you have to go back to the basement to see him for some reason he'll give you some kind of upgrade to your equipment or um, just tell you something piece of information um, so it's just it's one of those typical games it really is that you you go to A you achieve something then you have to go back to B um, but then you find you have to go over to C and then you need to go back to B and you just backwards and forwards and most games are like that but just for some reason this is particularly draining um, so I, I'm not enjoying it it's the bottom line um, and, and so, something that I noticed when I was playing it the other evening I found that the controls were maybe inverted. I seem to always twist one way, expecting the your little Hoover sucker to go on the other way on the screen, and it doesn't. So I will go back to it, and I need to see if I can invert the controls because it'll maybe make it easier, and I'm not just sort of flailing around on screen, waving things in the wrong direction. Um, so I will go back to it. But because I was struggling with it, I thought it was time to progress onto a different game. Um, Ultimately, I wanted to put Animal Crossing on, given that that was um, the game I was waiting for, I think, when I last did the podcast. Um, that arrived, and it still sat tight in its wrapper, um, because, as we mentioned, I had Zelda, which was still wrapped from Christmas. So, Zelda has now broken free of its wrapping. I have been playing that for the last few days. Um, I think I've played it every evening, so on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um managed to get into that. I think I am on to either the third or fourth dungeon level. Um which is dungeon levels are just the 
most draining aspect of any Zelda game. It's part and parcel, everybody knows that that is where you get your upgrades, it's where you find your sort of hidden items and things, but they're just oh, hard work. Um, I've had to revert to checking an online walkthrough on a number of occasions already. Um, not sure how long I've played the game, maybe excuse me, um, I don't know, maybe five hours or so into it and I've had to check it on a couple of occasions, check the walkthrough already just to give me some guidance as to where I'm going or what it is that I've missed. The map isn't huge, um, it's quite easy to sort of travel around um, between locations. Obviously it gets easier the more you progress and um, you're able to get past certain obstacles as you get your upgrades and things. Um, but yeah, just a couple of things, I was completely lost as to what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so I had to seek a bit of guidance on that. Um, the the game itself seems to have a huge Mario connection. Um, I should maybe look up why that is, sort of what approach they were going with on that. Um, but you've got your Bow Wows, the big chompy dog things on chains that are like a big boulder essentially um, you've got your um, your underground levels of when you're in the dungeon you seem to go down some stairs and you fall into what looks like an underground side-scrolling level from Mario like old-school Mario um, that also have the tunnels with the the big flowers that come chomping out the top um, there are lots of connections to Mario um, which is quite nice to see. Um, it, it gives a different aspect to the game. I suppose you're sort of always on the lookout for other little connections. Um, the game itself, I'm enjoying. Um, I've certainly had the incentive to put it back on each evening and try to progress. I switched it off last night um, whilst in a dungeon with a boss that I couldn't beat. Um, I've just managed to get um, like running at speed, um, upgrade from that dungeon, um, and then the boss, I was trying to beat, I, I kept running at it thinking that that's what I needed to do and I ended up sort of bouncing all over the place, I think it's a slime boss, um, I think what I actually need to do is go back and, um, I was trying to, this, this slime starts off as like a, a ball of slime with an eye on it and you've got to run at it and stab the eye with your sword um, and then eventually it sort of splits into two. Now I was running at speed at this eye. Um, once you hold the button down it just sort of keeps running uh, so it stabbed the eye and I keep bouncing off the wall and it just stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and then it, as I was moving round I would hit it and I ended up dying multiple times. Four or five times I died um, and it in Zelda, or certainly this one, you die and you respawn where you are normally. If you're in the middle of a dungeon, you respawn at the start of the dungeon. So I was fighting a boss halfway inside a dungeon. I would die and it would take me back to the beginning of the dungeon. So I have to make my way all the way back through the dungeon. Now there are, in each dungeon I've noticed that you do unlock a portal so far through. Um, there's a portal at the entrance and then the portal somewhere in the middle of the level. Um, so when you die you can go into the portal as you re-enter the dungeon and then you end up somewhere in the middle. But where I was fighting this boss um, it was still a distance to travel from this portal within the dungeon. Um, so after four or five times of redoing that and travelling through the dungeon again I, I gave up. So I switched it off in not in anger as such, but something that I hate doing. I don't think you should ever switch your game off um, a boss that you haven't managed to get past. Unless you've tried everything you're not sure. Um, it just means that the next time you go to put it on you suddenly remember it's like, oh no, I've got that boss to beat or that I couldn't get past and I feel like it puts you off. Um, but I will put it back on and see if I can beat this slime boss. That was something that I had to look up in the walkthrough. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And that's when it said, don't use the running, just 
usually saw it on the eye normally um, it starts to separate and then I, I think use your running speed to run through the middle of this line to separate it in fact I did do that I did get that far I did that and then they start bouncing up um, and all you can see is the shadow of where it's going to land um, so you've got to try and dodge it so that it doesn't land on you um, that's what happened and I died at that point and I thought uh, leave it there for the evening um, which I did um, so yeah I have to put it back on and try to defeat that guy the other thing actually I'll just mention about the gameplay um, it's got these um, aspects to it you pick up different tools and things so you might have bombs I've got a shovel um, I've got some potion some witch made me um, and I've got a feather which enables jumping um, now these things I'm, I'm sure they'll more will come through the games but these games you th these items you have to assign to either your X or Y button um, and those are the only two buttons that you can assign these items to so you can only have two in action at any one point um, now the j jump aspect with the feather I've got that assigned to a button permanently I think you need jump all the time um, and I think that's a standard control in a game usually so I'm kind of disappointed that you have to use one of these buttons to assign it to I think it should be one of the standard other buttons but it's not so I've got it permanently assigned to, to one of my buttons which only leaves me one other button to assign these other um, items to um, so if I need a shovel I have to reassign the button to the shovel or if I then need bombs I have to reassign it to the bombs etc um, there's a little bit of frustration element of having to do that um, and I guess remembering that you have other items in your inventory that might be applicable in certain situations um, so it's just uh, I understand that you'll have lots of items that you need that you need to assign to the button to use or to remember to use but I think it's just the fact that I've had to use one of them just for jumping um, I guess maybe other people don't necessarily have jump as a function all the time but I think it's quite a standard anyway um, so yes so far so good enjoying Zelda um, we'll see if that continues and if I make the time to revisit Luigi's Mansion before we speak again okay anything else uh, that's it on games so I haven't played Animal Crossing I will just sit tight on that I do see Kate keep seeing uh, lots of different little stories on Facebook and things so like you can grow a money tree um, and there's something about tarantula farming and seem to have a room loads of tarantulas so I keep seeing these things pop up but I don't know how it relates to gameplay at the moment um, I guess I will find out once I put it on which might not be for a while yet I see see how far I get with Zelda um, I just fear that if I put it on now it would be all consuming and then I wouldn't go back to Zelda so play things in the order that I received them or ordered them um, and we'll play Animal Crossing in the near future so listen out oh actually just one other thing I want to mention on Zelda let me just have a drink sorry for anybody listening um, Cookie hates Zelda I don't know why this is I've asked him um, he's been sat there a couple of times while I've been playing and he said that games like this make him feel physically sick um, and it just it gives him a bit of a shudder um, I sort of asked why um, what makes him feel that way and uh, I'm not sure he can quite explain it he's saying the idea of having to if somebody said that he had to play this game then um, for the rest of his life it would be awful um, I understand these aren't his sorts of games and it, nobody's asking him to play it um, but I'll just throw it out there sort of on the podcast if he chooses to comment um, on his own podcast next week uh, we'll see if he's actually listening to to mine um, and chooses to respond on that note okay so moving on to well, technically not moving on. Movies should be the next header, and I have not watched any movies in the last two weeks. I made a conscious 
sort of thought around this the other day. I was thinking, oh, I haven't watched a movie. I wonder if I can find anything. Um, I tried Googling sort of the top best horror movies out there from the last couple of years, see if there's any that I've missed that I should catch up on. Um, nothing really sprang out. A couple of things that I've not seen over the years, like The Nun. I remember going to a movie at the cinema um, and seeing a trailer for it. I think I went to see Hereditary, which was um, a terrible film. Um, I felt like that was hyped up to... I went with my stepdad and we were expecting to go see sort of quite a scary movie and it was just bizarre. Um, I think there was... We went on a Sunday morning early showing, sort of the first showing at 11 o'clock or whatever, um, and there was only us and two other people in the cinema and I think one of them left. Um, so I'm not sure if that's a sign of how bad it was. I think we, me and my stepdad, we would have probably left if we could have. Um, but I'm not, I've never walked out on a film. Um, I think you have that feeling that it might get better after you leave, so you you like to see it through to the end. Um, but anyway, I think I saw a trailer for Nun then, and thought that was my sort of film, I should watch it. I don't really like... I'm not a jumper. Um, when things spring up in, in front of you on, on the screen, I don't tend to jump, I can control it. Um, my mum on the other hand she is <laughs> my mum is the worst jumper for things just like shrieking and being scared um, so I sort of pride myself on the fact that I didn't <laughs> I haven't inherited that from her um, but it's the tension I don't like the tension or the build up so when you think something's going to jump out on you um, I don't like that and from seeing the trailer for The Nun I think it's that's definitely a film that would be a little bit jumping along those lines. Um, so I I looked on um, what films were available on Netflix, any that I might want to catch up on. There were a couple which I will look to sort of check that they're on the UK site um, over the next two weeks so that I have watched something. So that's a commitment that I will have watched um, a movie in the next two weeks. Um, horror or otherwise I guess. Um, I won't restrict myself. Uh, so no update there, I'm afraid. Um, TV updates. Oh, I've watched a few bits of TV. Um, and when I say TV, it's not actual TV. It's usually something on Netflix or BBC Catch Up. Uh, we, I don't watch terrestrial live TV. Um, everything I watch is on a streaming service. Um, so... I like documentaries, um, generally real life, I think um, I might have said this before but I like real life TV even if that is um, maybe slightly scripted like yeah, um, uh, what am I thinking, like The Only Way of Essex or something and I mentioned The Apartment when I spoke last time, um, they are sort of obviously not documentary but it's based on real people doing things there and then. Um, so anyway, I like documentaries and I watched The Tiger King. Um, I think it's a seven part series um, and I burned through that quite quickly over a few days. Um, intriguing show about um, um, a man um, that owned a big cat sort of park zoo. Um, and how he was accused of putting a hit out on uh, another big cat rescue owner, uh, a woman. Um, I think I think she was targeting him to try and get into. She was against <laughs> people owning big cats, so I think it was um, he was. She was targeting targeting him, saying that he shouldn't be owning these cats and. Um, he has then been accused of sending somebody to kill her, which ultimately didn't happen. Um, she was in the show. Uh, I've got uh, my reflection on it. Um, you don't know if this is the way it's been filmed or they're only telling you one side of a story. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I felt like I was on his side. 
this woman was portrayed to be mm, not overly pleasant. Um, she had she'd had a husband, a previous husband, who disappeared. Um, a lot of suspicion was thrown out against her as to whether she killed him or well, yeah, killed him and then fed him to her tigers, her animals that she's rescued, or maybe she just set it up so that those animals went for him outright. Who knows? Um, there, there was a sort of vein that he could have potentially disappeared, um, but there was lots of other things that didn't stack up in that regard. Um, his wife had, it seemed, had had the wills stole the wills um and then had them rewritten um to include this bizarre reference that said that in his death or disappearance um she would inherit the mil many millions of pounds that he had meant dollars uh, as american share um and they were sort of questioning was that standard script that goes into a will and saying absolutely not no um you wouldn't it wouldn't be upon somebody's death not on their death or disappearance so they were saying nobody <laughs> nobody sort of foresees that they might suddenly disappear so includes it in their will as a potential loophole um quite odd but this <laughs> this documentary um i mean the it includes all sorts of sort of um there's maulings there's somebody had their arm completely shredded off um, from the shoulder I think I don't know if it, they must have recovered some of it because um, the woman I think she was called Saf in the documentary she's got a stump um, there's um, the the main character Joe Exotic is his name um, he's into polygamy um, there's the murder accusation there's a suicide um, there's reference to somebody else a big cat owner there's sort of potential cult um cultism um he had all these young women wanting to join to work for him and it was almost that once they not just for him actually but even for joe exotic he preyed on sort of people coming out of prison i think they were suggesting or people with nowhere else to turn um to become staff members and it was basically once these people were in it was hard for them to leave um, the sort of cold aspect. There was a suicide included. Um, it was just, it was just a whole lot of madness rolled up in this documentary based around big cats and tigers. Um, again, I was watching it, and Cookie was sort of in the room at various points while we were eating our tea and things, and he'd be like, "What? What is this? What is it about?" And my honest answer at the time would be like, "I'm not entirely sure. I think." I think he's been accused of trying to kill this woman, but I'm not sure what all the rest of this information is or where where it's leading to. Um, ultimately, I mean, spoilers, but he ended up in prison um, for this accusation. And I think he ended up bankrupt as well. Um, somebody came in to help him um, try to get get back on track with his money and the zoo and things and they came in and ended up taking the zoo off him um and he went to prison i think it said for 20 years um for getting this for asking this person to try and kill the woman from the big cat rescue um for he'd been promised five thousand but only paid three thousand dollars i think it was um and that sent him to prison for 20 years um he had been recording these sort of weekly updates and there was a lot of suggestion that he believed that she had killed her husband and um, a lot of reference to that so i think they were able to use that as evidence against him portraying that he had this vendetta against her um and all this information about the way she travelled home or there was a cycle track near her house so that was the best place to try and kill her um, with it being remote but it was all a bit sketchy I think I think an appeal has been launched by Joe Exotic now uh, I think I've seen 
and I also think the documentary is um, given a new sort of lease of life for the police in Florida, I think she was based, um, to look into whether there was more suspicion surrounding the death of her husband. Um, so who knows where that might go. Um, but I think that is it. What else? It on that front. Um, the other thing I've watched, I've not quite finished. Um, Cookie's a huge fan, so he was quite hopeful that I would want to watch as well. And I am a fan um, of Tom Segura, the stand-up comedian. We were supposed to go and see him um, towards the back end of last year. I think it was around November. Um, but at that point in time, it just wasn't... I didn't feel comfortable leaving the baby to travel. Um, and it was, it was leaving her for an evening. Things... I just wasn't comfortable. I didn't want to leave her. Um, there was lots of things to consider, sort of, where she would sleep and milk and those sorts of things and whether she would sell. I think she was going through a bad phase, as it was. Um, and it was also on fireworks nights. I'm thinking, were they going to keep her awake? Lots of lots of excuses, I think, um, as to why I felt like I couldn't leave her. Um, it's a hard thing to do, I think, for the first time. Um, we were supposed to go, but Cookie went with our friend Mike, um, who Tom Segura reminds me of. Um, they just have, uh, visually, they look very similar. Um, so when I sit and watch Tom Segura, all I can think is that he looks like Mike. And it makes me laugh that little bit more, because I imagine it's Mike telling those jokes. Um, my, Mike. Tom is... <sighs> He's not my favourite and he's somebody that I can comfortably watch and he's there in the background and I'll have a chuckle along to. But it's not, it doesn't make me really laugh out loud. Um, a lot of Tom's delivery is in his facial expressions and I think that's what makes me laugh more. Um, in sort of looking at the face he pulls whilst he delivers uh, a sort of, it's not even a punchline, but whilst he's rounding up his joke. Um, I think I've got about eight minutes of the special left to watch. It's on Netflix, sorry, it's his most recent special, Ball Hog. Um, and he is very entertaining. Um, he's good to watch. Um, so, although it doesn't make me laugh out loud, it's an enjoyable watch. And I can thoroughly recommend it. None of the, none of the jokes stay with me. Um, and that, to me, is a sign that it's not... I've not found it really funny. Cookie and I had a conversation on this earlier and we were saying he's always joked that I have no sense of humour. Um, I do have a sense of humour but what we've found over recent times is that it is quite, it's a bit of a dark sense of humour I think um, because the stand-up comedian that I found most funny of recent times is Anthony Jeselnik and his humour is incredibly dark, his his um, his delivery is um, it's not in punchlines as such, it's, he has these pauses in the middle of his one-liner sort of sentences or little stories that make you think that it's going one way and then suddenly it kind of goes off at a complete tangent and it, some of it's quite, uh, yeah there's no avoiding it, it's all dark um, and that, <laughs> that stuff properly makes me laugh. Um, if you've got time on your hands and you're not into your sort of tiger documentaries, then check out some of the stand-up on there. Um, obviously, I just said Tom's um, latest special is on there, but Anthony Jeselnik has got two specials on Netflix. So check them out. Let me know what you think. Leave it in your comments. Um, you'd see whether you agree with my level of humour. You've got to take it that it's not real, um, that it is just a joke and it's a bad taste joke, but I guess that's what makes me laugh. So yeah, let me know what makes you tick, <laughs> whether it's Anthony or Tom Segura. Um, the one other thing that I've started watching, which is more of my, I like to have a variety of shows on the go. Um, so this is my, um, uh, what do you call it, sort of fantasy drama sort of type show. Oh, that reminds me. Um, 
I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, so I've just started watching Lock and Key on Netflix. And that is um, some sort of fantasy TV show. I didn't really know what it was uh, when I was putting it on. I could just tell from its name and this description that it looked a bit sort of magical and my sort of thing. Um, so I've watched one episode and there is a family that's had to move away for um, some reason. They are moving to this big house um, which um, the youngest boy in the family is finding out from, um, I won't give anything away, but he's finding out from a source within the house that there are magical keys all around the house. Um, that do a variety of different things. So far he's found two keys um, and they, well one, one is an anywhere key he can put it into a door lock and uh, wish where he'll be going and it'll take him wherever he wants and the other one was um, uh, being able to see, uh, I think he believed that he was going to be able to see dead people um, and it basically opened up a mirror um, and the reflection of yourself within the mirror is not moving in time with your own sort of movements um, and it was basically beckoning people into the mirror. A little bit creepy and it reminded me of um, a recent horror film, Us, um, where there are people that look identical to you um, out in the world that were trying to kill you. Um, it looks, so far I've enjoyed as with every first episode of something I watch, you start watching it the first half, it's like, oh, am I going to like it? Am I going to get into it? And the second half of the episode, I was like, oh, this is quite good. I'm quite enjoying where this is going. So I will continue watching that and um, see where that goes. Let me know if you're watching it too, if you think it's been any good. Um, and that's it on TV at the moment. I was going to mention another show that I'd just watched and I cannot for the life of me think what it was. Um, so maybe I'll come back to that next week or when I record my next podcast uh, so that's it really that's it from me for the evening um, we had uh, a new fun item arrive yesterday a crafty type item um, which we haven't had much opportunity to look at just yet so I'll just mention it I think Cookie may have done the same on his own podcast um, and we can revisit that next week once we've had opportunity to try using um, it should fill the time whilst we're stuck at home although we're limited to our evenings as um, it's got a heated element in it this tool um, so it's not something to be used around the baby um, so we'll try and progress with that and update on it uh, on the next podcast. Um, Cookie will obviously get to his first because his is weekly. Um, so on that note, thank you for bearing with me. I'm sorry if I've been a little bit rambly. Um, it's, it's odd speaking just to a camera. There's nobody here. I'm not used to just talking freely about stuff that's in my head. Obviously I've got a short list of things that I needed to mention. Um, but it was just being able to talk about those things. I didn't think, I didn't know how well this would go. So thank you for watching or listening, wherever you are. Um, all feedback welcome. I'm happy to take pointers on what I should and shouldn't be doing based on you watching or listening. Um, so on that note, I will speak to you all again soon. Uh, have a good week. Um, try to get out and get your fresh air and your exercise if you're in the UK or anywhere else for that matter on lockdown um, follow the guidelines hopefully we'll beat this virus soon and be allowed back out um, until the next time stay safe look after each other bye bye There we go, what do you think to that?
No, seriously, what did you think to it? I don't know what it was about. I didn't listen to any of it. Was it good? Cool. Tell you what, why don't you jump over to cookiecast.com, send me an email, and let me know whether it was any good. Let me know if I should listen to it. Um, jump over, Then jump back over to YouTube and subscribe, comment, share with every single person you've ever met. Uh, then jump back to cookiecast.com and send us some social media love. Sounds like a job, which you should do. Now, uh, join us next time, join Leanne next time. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more, so, you know, come back for that. Uh, and until next time, I'll say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye.